Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Welcome back, Quick Brain. So here's the question of the day. How can you be more memorable with people? Literally. I mean, we talk about how do you learn things and, you know, what's important is just what you know and also who you know. But it's not just who you know, it's who knows you. Mm-hmm. How do you remain unforgettable? And I can't think of a better guest than the one we have today, Jordan Harbinger, host of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Dude, I love doing your show. You are so connected. Not only do you know everyone, you have all these famous people on your show, but everyone knows you. When you and I are speaking at events and we're doing another one this week, you have a crowd of people around you all the time. So what I thought would be really interesting for our listeners is people know it's not just, again, you know, what you know or who you know, it's who knows you. And I know that there's always a method behind the magic. So what are the secrets to building a personal brand, to being unforgettable with other people? What people don't realize is that all of these things that you do, all of these things that I do, whenever you see some sort of quote unquote influencer online, what you're seeing is the tip of the iceberg, right? Everything that's below the surface is the years of work, the years of relationships, the years formulating your talks and your content and the memory techniques and the other things that you teach or the nonverbal communication, the persuasion, the influence, the networking stuff that I teach on the Jordan Harbinger show or advanced human dynamics, that stuff I developed for a really, really long time. And the reason that so many people, as you say, know me or know who I am is not just because of a big platform. It's because I spent so long digging the well before I got thirsty. And this is a great Maxim, because the problem is a lot of us, we don't think that we're ever going to be thirsty. And so we reach out to people when we think we need something. But the problem with that is it's like putting a spare tire in the trunk of your car after you get a flat. So what we want to do is continually create and maintain relationships early on. What I tried to do is digital distraction for me, I've tied it, anchored it in my mind and in my set of habits to a productive mindset and a productive habit. So every time I pick up my phone, if I find myself in a social media app, which happens more than I'd like to admit, or on my phone for any reason that's not, I need to actually use this for something, I will do one of two things. One is called text re-engagement. I'll open up my texting app and I'll scroll all the way to the bottom of that particular app. And you know what's down there. The guy you had lunch with at some cafe in a conference in San Diego two years ago, you never followed up with him because it slipped through your filters, if you even have any filters. And then you go, all right, what do I do with this? I send them a message, something along the lines of, hey, Sam, it's been such a long time since we met at FinCon in San Diego. What's the latest with you? Would love an update when you get a chance. And then here's the important parts. You say, no rush on the reply and no need to reply if you're busy. And then you sign your name. The reason you sign your name is so you don't have new phone who dis or somebody's too embarrassed to respond, right? Because what we know is the brain wants to get away from uncomfortable situations a lot of the time. The ego wants to anyway. So if we put people in a weird position, the response rate plummets. So if we sign our name, they're like, oh, right, this person remembers me. I sort of maybe remember them. I've got their name. Now I can reply and sort of 
either remember them or fake my way through it. The other thing that's really important that takes people by surprise is signing that they don't have to reply if they're too busy. The reason this is important, if we decide that somebody has an agenda or we're not sure of what their agenda is, we immediately get defensive. Survival mechanism. And so when someone reaches out out of the blue, especially via text or something or an email, we're kind of like, which sort of thing are you going to try to shove in my face, right? And so when we say no need to reply if you're too busy, we're destroying urgency. Salespeople rely on urgency to demand action. So they say something like, hey, get back to me within a few days for this amazing opportunity, or they're slicker about it, but generally it falls into that category. So if we destroy the urgency, then we're telling this person, my agenda is not dependent on your timely reply. That increases our response rate. And I've tested this. It takes something that gets like a 40, 45% response rate and brings it up to about 70, 75% in terms of the texting. That's the text re-engage. And this is important. And I do that about five times a day. So I try to make it a habit. I do it not super early in the morning because as you taught us, you don't want to check your phone first thing, but I'll do it around nine or 10 a.m. People are awake. You're not waking anybody up. And it gets them at a point in the day, generally right before lunch on the West Coast or right after lunch on the East Coast, where people are inclined to look at their phone at some point during that two or three hour span. Does it matter if it's a text app or if it's on social media messaging or emails or? Texting is better. And I'll tell you why. What we know from marketing companies is that something close to 100% of text messages are read within 10 minutes. They're read within 10 minutes. They're not responded to within 10 minutes. They're read within 10 minutes. I can only theorize, but I have a feeling it has to do with the fact that if I text you, I have your phone number, we're friends, I'm on a higher tier. If someone sends you a Facebook message, then people go, oh, I can check that later. Instagram inbox, forget it. So we know that texting is better. And this is actually another system, another hack that I like. If I find myself on Instagram or Facebook, that algorithm in there is already doing the hard work for you to decide what someone's life news is, which is important, which events are important, which photos are more popular to them on Facebook, Instagram, and other areas. So if we see, whoa, Jim's on stage with Richard Branson, this is so cool. I can click the heart along with 25, 60,000 other people on a photo from your Instagram, or I can comment. You might see it, but there's a low likelihood that you're going to be like, oh, hi, Jordan. Good to hear from you. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to write that in an Instagram comment. However, if I see that, I give you the heart because who doesn't like more likes? But then I turn that app off, throw on the texting app and send you a message that goes, wow, you were on stage with Richard Branson. Congratulations. Or your friend had a baby. There's mom with the baby. You can like, you can comment, but that's below the fold engagement wise. They're not going to reply. However, Texts, phone calls, voice messages, in-person visit, if appropriate, that's well above the fold. The only people that do that are close friends, close colleagues, and family. So we can either choose to be below the fold with all of the other people that just know you from the internet or are too lazy to really engage with you, or we can jump up a couple rungs in the level of intimacy that we engage with, and then suddenly it's, you know who sent me a really nice text when I had my first child? Jordan Harbinger. Oh, you know, this random guy whose podcast I follow, he sent me a really nice message after I showcased that I won the Spartan race. That elevates you. And so if you do this five times a day via email, five times a day via text, a few times a day in social media, if you don't have their phone number, when guys like you and I engage with people, if we see someone with important life news and we comment or we send them a personal message, they will be shocked because they might follow your work for years. They might follow mine for a while. 
They will be really surprised to see that. They will never forget that. So what you're seeing when people surround me at an event like Thrive or some other gig is not, wow, Jordan's so great. Look at this internet celebrity wannabe guy. That doesn't really matter. What matters is over a period of years, I've spent enough time building social capital, referral currency, keeping in touch with people in a very systemized way that isn't automated and scripted and fake but uses opportunities that are already present that most people either don't take or drop the ball on. And those compound over time. So when people see me at an event like that, they're like, hey, thanks for that message about my first child. She's two now. Here's a picture of her. We have a personal connection that I built using 10 seconds of extra effort. And people will never forget that from the right person. And if you do it enough, you end up elevating those around you into a circle of intimacy and closeness that normally you'd always have those people at arm's length. Right. Even work colleagues, friends, and family, a lot of times the way we engage with our friends, family, cousins, whatever, is on freaking social media. There's really no good reason for that. We just don't think, okay, close Instagram, open up texting, open up that, send a voice message, send a photo, send a quick note there. It's really easy to do that. And that combined with digging the well before you're thirsty and creating those relationships over time before you need them mm -hmm. ensures that you are using your own psychology, your own habits to further that goal of mastering and creating a bunch of relationships and then maintaining them over a long period of time without spending seven hours a day, quote unquote, networking. By the way, yes, you can engage with people who have good news. What we don't necessarily take the opportunity to do, posts that often don't have that much engagement or that don't get engagement from people outside of a certain circle are things where somebody's having a rough time or things where somebody is running into a tough spot or maybe they're venting online or maybe they're going through something that not a lot of people understand. If I see something like that, I will send a personal message there and engage because emotional support is not just valuable when somebody wants to celebrate. And it's not just valuable from a family when someone's having a hard time. When you're going through a rough transition of any kind, emotional support from anyone is welcome. The things that get you noticed in the moment are not the try hard, oh, I'm the guy who wore the purple shirt and the yellow bow tie. That is a very quick flash in the pan, may get you remembered for the wrong reasons, may work a little bit, but if the rest of these things aren't in place, not gonna happen. What really makes people stand out in person are things like authenticity. And the problem is saying, okay, so be authentic. Sounds a little inauthentic. So we run into this paradox here. But one of the ways that I generate rapport quickly with people, let's say I go to a dinner party, I don't know anyone, maybe I only know the host or not even the host. I will sit down next to somebody and instead of going, okay, Jordan, be funny, be charismatic, be charming, make sure everyone remembers you, that doesn't work. What I will do is I will often find another quiet person and I will say, so on a scale from one to how the hell did I end up here? You know, how much do you hate being put in weird random social situations like this where you don't know anything about what's going on and you kind of wish you'd stayed home in your pajamas? And usually the person's like, yes. And the reason is because we're all kind of thinking, all right, deep breath, be fun. You're at a party. You know, you need to come to these things. These people are really nice. So if you can call that stuff out, it ends up being a huge benefit. And if you're comfortable in that environment, great. You might want to be standing out for a different reason that also involves authenticity. Like if you aren't nervous about being in those types of situations, great. But what I might do in that case, if I were in those particular pants, I might say something that 
puts me in a role of hosting that kind of event. So for those of us that aren't nervous to those or we're feeling particularly spirited that day, I will kind of play right-hand man to the host. So I'll walk up to the host and I'll say, hey, is there anything that I can do to help? You know, can I entertain people while you're opening up wine? Do you want me to open up wine? Do you want me to serve drinks? What do you want me to do? In fact, recently I was at an event and the host said, yes, can you let people in and can you show them how to get up to my crazy walk-up apartment in New York that has all these twists and turns? And I said, sure, I'll be the welcoming committee outside until 8.15 and it's 7.45. So I spent half an hour downstairs being kind of friendly doorman, greeting everybody, getting their name, telling them in a sort of funny way, all right, so welcome to Hogwarts. You're gonna have to go up 17 flights of stairs and you're gonna have to make a right 48 times, right, to get to this walk-up apartment. And by the time I entered the event after that, I had already greeted probably 80% of the guests. And regardless of whether or not you need to be greeting the guests, you can also circulate in the event and say, hey, are you having a good time? Can I get you something else to drink? Even if you're not the host. I know people go, well, isn't that weird? Isn't the host going to get mad? No, the host is freaking busy. And if you say, can I go around and make sure everybody's got a fresh drink? They're not going to go, no, sit down and be quiet, right? It's a party. If you have the agenda of helping other people have a great time, yeah. it works really well. Hey, how are you guys doing on drinks? By the way, my name is Jordan. Uh, yeah, actually, I could use a drink. I just walked in. I don't have one. Great, let's go to the bar. Chat with them while you help make them something. So you make yourself useful. And while you're making yourself useful in a tactical way, you're getting to know a ton of people. They're getting to know you. You're setting yourself up as the host, which is like one rung higher than regular party goer or regular mixer event attendee. And they're remembering you for this. So you put yourself in a position where you can't hide, such as buddying up and being second in command to the host of a mixer. And also that authenticity bit, you're not faking this. You're really telling people, hey, I'm a little nervous when I come to these things. Anybody else share that? And even if they're like, no, I'm not nervous at this, but why are you nervous? Uh, I don't know. I'm usually an introvert. Oh, well, don't worry about that. And then you'll get into a conversation and everyone appreciates that type of authenticity because even the most extroverted, crazy, outgoing person in the world has felt shy and introverted at one point in their life. Everyone can relate to that and everyone wants to help that person get over that. That's incredible. We talk about being unforgettable in networking, right? How do you stand out? And one of the ways you could do it is by showing you care. And you are an exceptional listener. What would you suggest to someone who's listening to this right now saying, how do they engage with people? How do they become a better listener? It's not just like, listen for a key word. There's little tactics like that are great. But if we stop thinking about what we're going to say next and we react to what the person is actually talking about, that is a better conversational thread in 99% of cases. And most of the time, you're going to have more than enough to continue that conversation. In rare cases where the person's just giving you yes or no answers or something like that, what you can do is you can go with feeling-related questions. So if you say, so... um what do you do? You get kind of a data point and they're like, uh, I'm a strategic analyst for an insurance company. You're like, crap, I don't even know what that is. You can say, oh, okay, I'm not sure I know what that is, but what is it that you like about your job? Are you very analytical? It sounds like clearly an analytical job. And they go, yeah, I guess it is analytical. Um, I like putting things in order and my company's a mess and I'm kind of in charge of putting it in order. And you go, hmm, all right, what is it about putting things in order that you find satisfying? And they go, I don't know. And you can say, do you feel like having things disorganized in your house causes a chaotic feeling that you don't really enjoy? And they're like, yeah, but I have kids now, so I had to get over that fast. You're having a conversation about real stuff. And even when people are giving you those one or two word answers, 
you can just keep digging for feeling-related questions because everyone has feelings. And I would say in the beginning especially, stick with positive feelings where you can. I don't just mean happy, but satisfied, excited. But in the beginning, you'll find out what makes people tick by asking about feelings. And that, I think, is the conversational thread that all of us can follow. Yeah, and I believe that Maya Angelou has this quote that we've all heard that people won't remember what you say, they won't remember what you did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. I would agree with that, yeah. I think if you can elicit good feelings from them, they'll associate those with you. It's called anchoring. You talk about it all the time. And what I found really interesting is people find us interesting when they feel good about the conversation. It doesn't matter if we're saying interesting things or if they are. So if we can elicit interesting things from them, they will think that we are fun and interesting. We can just sort of pull the ripcord of feelings and feeling-related talk and let them spin around like a top. And that will get them to remember you. That's absolutely unforgettable. That is unforgettable. (laughs) Jordan, how do our listeners find out more about you? Sure. JordanHarbinger.com and AdvancedHumanDynamics.com has a bunch of networking stuff if that's your bag. I highly recommend it. And what I would ask everyone to do here is to take a screenshot of this episode and post it online. Tag Jordan, tag myself, and put your big aha, what your big takeaway is, and share it with us and post any questions that you might have. Thanks for being with us, Jordan. Thanks for having me, man. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Growing up struggling with learning challenges from a childhood brain injury, it's been my life's mission to help you have your very best brain so you can win more every single day. Now, want more quick brain? Here are four ways to fast track your results and lock in what you just learned into your long-term memory. Remember fast, F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. You're not alone on this journey. I invite you to join our free private online group. There you can connect with me, your fellow brain lovers, links to resources, and even submit your questions for me to answer in future episodes. Go to quickbrain.com. That's K-W-I-K brain.com. The A stands for apply. Act on what you learned today. Remember, knowledge is not power. It's potential power. It only becomes power when you use it. So use what you just learned. The S stands for subscribe. Don't miss the next episode and other free brain training. And finally, the T stands for teach. You want to learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team can properly thank you. Hashtag quick brain, K-W-I-K brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach. I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think. 
I hope you're enjoying this episode. And if you want to go deeper with many of these authors that we have on our podcast, these experts, I want to invite you to join our quick success program. This is our monthly lives that I do, where I teach something brand new that we haven't taught before, answer your burning questions. And also we have something that people have been requesting for many years, a quick book club. This is your Limitless Book Club, where every single month we read a book together, uh, like a book provided by this author. And then we get the author to come online and join us for a one hour, uh, share going deeper in these strategies, how to put them into practice. Uh, I share my five tips for how to memorize things out of these books. Many people want to read a book a month or build up to that. And this would be the program. So if you want to join, just go to quicksuccess.com and get your spot and join us live and get to meet these authors very uh, up close and personal. And uh, back to the episode. 